you know, I think from a strategic point of view, having U.S. dollar exposure in your portfolio makes a lot of sense. They say diversification is the only free lunch. Welcome to Views from the Desk, a special edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. In these timely episodes, we provide the latest investment news and expert commentary on the markets, the economy, and investing. Brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management. For investors, it's been a smoother-than-expected transition into 2021, but of course, we're not quite out of the woods just yet. So the question for the moment is, how do you best invest and insulate client portfolios? In our first episode of the new year, portfolio managers Chris Heeks, Matt Montemuro, and your host Mark Rays provide creative solutions to prepare for a choppy economic reopening, even as the yield curve continues to steepen. Before we hear from our experts, please consider subscribing to Views from the Desk on your preferred podcast platform. And for many more ETF insights and resources, visit the Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. Hello, and welcome back to the BMO Global Asset Management weekly ETF call, insights with our team of experts or advisors. I'm your host, Mark Rays, head of product for BMO Game Canada, covering ETFs and funds. Welcome everyone back. Hope you all had a nice holiday break. Uh, hopefully got away from work and away from the virtual office for a little bit. We are joined today by Chris Heeks and Matt Montemiro, both portfolio managers on our ETF desk. Chris focuses on equities and derivative strategies. Matt focuses on fixed income. So great to have you both on. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Mark. Good to be here. Happy 2021. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks, Mark. Great. Thanks. And and we've been off we've been off there for a couple of weeks. It's certainly been uh, an eventful few weeks. I think we've all been glued to our, our TVs watching the news come out of the U.S. Let's start with a quick look back on on 2020, and of course, look forward into 2021. I want to pause and acknowledge the the record flows that came in in the Canadian ETF industry and point out once again that BMO ETFs uh, repeated with the top inflows uh, of the Canadian providers for the 10th year running. And that's all thanks to everyone on the call for your partnership in helping to build our ETF franchise. We certainly wouldn't be in this position uh, without your support and without your belief in BMO ETFs. So thank you for that. And I'll also say that ETFs once again proved their value in 2020, uh, providing liquidity and trading efficiency. Uh, you know, if I look back to March when direct securities were really hard to trade, ETFs once again proved that value and, and gave momentum through the rest of the year. So let's turn to PMs now and uh, go through our, our normal question and answer period. Uh, one of the bigger trades this year was moving to over the past year was moving to cash, of course, with the COVID impacts, the economy. Um, and then we saw a really quick snapback in the markets uh, that made markets look a little more expensive. So people were a little hesitant. And 2021, so far, to put it mildly, has had an eventful start from U.S. politics. Um, but what has gone under the radar is that the Democrats actually won both Senate seats in Georgia making the blue wave a reality after it appeared to be halted back in November. 
So what are your views on putting cash to work? And can you then turn around and give us an equity ticker or two that you would use uh, that would do that with, with a bit of a defensive bias? Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And, you know, I've got more than an equity or two. It's a nice thing about uh, this, this ETF business we have. We've got lots, lots to choose from. And I think there's a lot of opportunity as we start the new year. Um, you know, like you said, uh, you know, despite the civil volatility that, that we saw in the U.S., you know, the market really has been off to a pretty smooth and stable start. So pretty much discounting those that kind of protest uh, that we saw of, of, you know, kind of the fringe elements in the U.S. there. Uh, like you said, the Democrats winning the Senate, I think, was the big surprise of the election. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little hesitant whether to call it a blue ripple or a blue wave. Um, you know, they do have control of the Senate, but it's a narrow control, so they'll still have to be prudent in their policies. Uh, but no doubt, the Democrats are in a better position to uh, to enact on their platform. And I think the big story that's kind of uh, impacting markets and, and, you know, the, the key focus is stimulus. We saw, you know, we saw how effective stimulus was, um, you know, in kind of sustaining and propelling the market last year, whether it was fiscal or monetary. You know, again, that's a big theme going forward for, for this year, and Biden is, is said to be working on a significant package, you know, two to three trillion dollars. So that's what the market's seeing right now from the Democrats, and I think that's the that's the wind in the sails for the moment. Um, you know, I think the the tax hikes, you know, that's something that might be a little bit of a negative, but that's down the road for now. That's not that's not something that's kind of right right up ahead in front of us. So you know, in terms of a defensive biases to to uh, you know kind of defensive approaches to play the market. Let's start with U.S. quality, ZUQ, you know, one that we talked about a lot last year, and I think for good reason. Gave us 4% alpha in 2020, so, you know, the S&P returned about 16%. ZUQ gave us 20 Again, we're investing in companies with really solid balance sheets, um, strong fundamental strength, and we think that's just a great way to continue to be positioned in 2021. Um and uh, so, so, so I think sticking with quality um, again is a good one. Uh, Dividend-based strategies, uh, as well, um, are something I would look at in 2021. So dividend underperformed uh, last year. You know, we saw tech really carrying the flag uh, in terms of equity returns last year. Dividends, um, dividends lagged in contrast. But I think there's the opportunity. You know, as as as, as we hopefully are going to be working through. Uh, Reopening trade throughout this year. Obviously, we're in somewhat dark days right now, but I think the potential for them to outperform this year is good. And and we've rebalanced all of our dividend funds and our cover call dividend funds. And you know they're they're very we we made sure that they're large cap, they're stable, they're blue chip, and I think that's going to be a good exposure. So one I would highlight ZWG, um, large cap, blue chip. Um, it's collecting a sustainable option premium. It's a global you know, high dividend exposure, healthy weight in the U.S., but you also have weight outside of the U.S., and it's got a, you know, I think a very attractive 6.5% sustainable yield. Um, and that last, and, and maybe I'll, you know, cut it short a little bit, we can talk about it more another time, is a BMO premium yield, uh, ZPay. You know, it's just 25% equity right now, but, you know, as you know, we sell uh, put options to earn income in the fund, and the fund yields close to 6%. And what, what we'll do is um, buy stocks if the market sells off. So that 25% equity, you know, if we get a sell-off in the market of well, 10 to 15%, that, that 25% equity will significantly increase. So from a defensive point of view, I think it's a very interesting one. You can earn income right now 
and be positioned to buy stocks should they fall off. So maybe, like I said, we could talk about that a little bit more another time, but I think those are another interesting way to play the market. Great. Thanks for that, Chris. And you, know, you touched on tech a little bit, but at the other end of the spectrum, uh, you know, we're seeing continued momentum and therefore more recognition of those new economy names, uh, certainly the 2020 returns catching people's attention. And, and those mega trends are, are really dominating some of, some of the market returns. How do you view the probability of that concentrated return coming through this year, like in 2020? You know, you've talked about dividends and some of the other potential returns out there. Um, but your, your direct thoughts on how this growth trade might continue uh, in, in use in portfolios. Thanks. Definitely. Well, it was, you know, like I said, like you said, a banner year for IT. So that global sector returned about 45% last year. Um, You know, the ground that they lost in COVID, you know, as a sector, um, first of all, it was only about 20%. So IT actually gave you um, some capital preservation last year. Um, And the ground that was lost was recovered by June and it just kept on, kept on chugging. You know, I think, um, you know, for us, IT is, is clear. It's a clear theme um, you know, secular theme that we think is going to play out for many, many years. And, you know, it, I wouldn't say we're just getting started, but I would still say there's still a lot of, you know, tech technology and integration into our lives. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's significant and I think it's going to continue to accelerate. So for us, it's a key kind of long-term theme one you want to have exposure to. Um, you know, when you look at the return of last year, it's 45%, obviously healthy. Uh, the return the year before that was also 45%. So I think the probability of another 45% year uh, is probably somewhat lower this year. Um, but again, like I said, just given the theme, ZUQ, uh, the, you know, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. You know, given the theme, I think you still want to have exposure. I would say ZUQ that we mentioned, the U.S. quality off the top, gives you exposure to some high-quality tech. Um, in terms of kind of looking beyond that sector for some more growth-focused uh, picks for 2021, um, you know, and for investors who can take on a little more risk, you know, a couple areas they could look are the mid and small caps um, in the U.S. So we have Zed Mid and Zed SML or Zed Small um, that give you exposure to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, smaller cap companies that have a little bit of a better growth profile, and, and they've certainly had a great run since November when we started getting that positive vaccine news. And, you know, likely if we, if we kind of can see a continuation of that reopening trend throughout the year. And uh, yes, again, we are certainly in dark days right now, um, you know, with just some new measures announced last night by, by Doug Ford. But, um, uh, you know, as this plays out, you know, I think there's a lot of upside there and, and they could perhaps pick up that mantle in terms of growth. And last, lastly, I would say ZEM. We've talked a lot on this podcast about uh, merging markets. And I think as well, if you're looking for some growth in your portfolio, you know, the, the long-term demand, um, you know, the long-term kind of growth story, the, the rise of the middle class story, the rise of the consumer in emerging markets, you know, we, we've, we've uh, delved pretty deeply into it. So I think ZEM is something else you want to have in your portfolio um, to, to get some growth exposure. So, and then maybe last but not least, just to throw a sector in there, uh, U.S. banks, we've seen tremendous strength. Um, we've been, you know, advocating for banks. Certainly, it's a higher risk sector exposure, but you're looking at, you're up about 30% in the last kind of three months in U.S. banks. You know, the yield curve is, is steepening as we speak, and it appears primed to continue. 
you know, that again, that's wind at the back of, of U.S. banks. So I think, um, you know, as a sector trade, perhaps that's something that could, could also kind of continue to do well in this environment. Well, thanks for that, Chris. And we, we certainly are seeing that heightened interest in, in U.S. banks seeing some significant flows this week down in the U.S. And you mentioned small cap as well. We're certainly seeing that as an area that, that's picked up significantly uh, ever since the vaccine news came out. You're listening to Views from the Desk, a weekly edition of the BMO ETFs podcast. If you're enjoying today's discussion, we encourage you to check out our deep dive episodes where we take you under the hood of BMO GAM's product suite. Tune into episode number 11 in this same podcast series where we take a deeper look at BMO Global High Dividend Covered Call ETF, ticker ZWG, a triple threat solution that uses options to grow the portfolio and manage downside risk. Now let's uh, let's turn to fixed income. So, Matt, I'm going to come your way. I think it's time for a catch up here uh, because we look back to last year. We saw most of the flows going to aggregate or full market exposures, which of course are benefiting from falling yields. Uh, we're now seeing the long end of the curve pick up a bit, so we've got uh, a bit of a steepening trade in play. Uh, watching the 10-year U.S. Treasury now breaking back above 100 basis points. Uh, so considering this steepening curve, uh, how would you position within fixed income and what ETF would you use? Thanks. We definitely are in a challenging environment for, for fixed income right now with competing forces making life difficult on everybody. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, we've curve steepening. Um, with the expectation of the economy reopening, while central banks are keeping short-term rates locked lower, you know a lot of investors are, are asking where the, where can they hide or how can they take advantage of it. You know, I believe that uh, aggregate exposure is still prudent as it keeps you in the game and allows you to have some upside with some downside protection. So that would be our ZAG or ZDB. But that being said. Even though we're seeing some steepening, I do think long government exposure, so ZFL or ZTL in the U.S., is still appropriate, uh, as this won't be a straight-line recovery. Uh, I think we're going to still see some blips along the way, as we, start, as we saw to start uh, 2021. And I think long government exposure will help you hedge out some of that equity market volatility, uh, which you know we, we've seen to start the year, and I know that it, uh, you know, it's a lot of that volatility has maybe been more on the social side, but you know I think this recovery is going to be uh, one in which you you know, oscillates up and down. So I think that that long uh, government exposure will provide some insulation from that volatility, uh, so that you can manage the the more rocky social and economic backdrop uh, before full reopening uh, begins. And then finally, I, I do think a good complement to this uh, would be to provide some more protection from rising rates and the potential for rates rising faster than expected would be ZPRs or preferred share uh, ETF. So adding ZFL and ZPR to a balanced portfolio or to your aggregate exposure, I do think helps insulate your fixed income portfolio during these challenging times. And it really does uh, help counteract some of these um, competing forces that, that we're experiencing right now with, you know, historically low short-term rates 
but a, a steepening uh, yield curve uh, looking forward. So, you know, I do think it's a challenging uh, environment. I do think it's something where you, although we do see light at the end of the tunnel, it, it is important to try to protect ourselves um, by using you know, potentially long, long governments and then preferred shares on both sides of the coin. All right, thanks for that, Matt. Certainly some positioning going on in fixed income right now, uh, depending on, of course, your views on that uh, that steepening yield curve. Currency returns uh, were certainly an under-the-radar story in 2020. Um, you know, you have the Canadian dollar moving to 127, or, or if you'd like to look at it the other way, uh, over 10 cents, uh, up to 78 cents. Uh, I read the year-end BMO economics report actually pointing to 80 cents. Um, and typically by that point, we, we, we tend to see a bit of a reversion on CAD. Um, but where do you stand on currency hedging, um, you know, where we've got these great tools with the ETFs to go between the hedged and unhedged exposures? Thanks. You know, I think from a, a strategic point of view, you know, having U.S. dollar exposure in your portfolio makes a lot of sense. You know, they say diversification is the only free lunch. Um, and U.S. dollars, you know, tend to do well when equities don't. Um, so it gives you that diversification, you know, exposure. So I think for a balanced investor, like a 60-40 type of investor, you know, having 20% or so in USD is, is, is probably healthy. And I think 2020 was an interesting case point of that. So you, you look at ZUE and ZSP, so ZUE being our S&P 500 hedged, ZSP, S&P 500 unhedged both returned 15% uh, for the year. So what's the story? Uh, ZSP's drawdown during COVID was about 20% versus 35% for ZUE. So, you know, what you saw is when those equities sold off into March, you know, very significantly, uh, the U.S. dollar rallied. So your returns on your unhedged portfolio, um, you know, you had a lot more capital preservation. So, you know, people who are invested in ZUE versus ZSP, you know, they got to the same, um, they got to the same endpoint, but, you know, one of them had a smoother ride than the other. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how I'd start the thought. You know, from a tactical point of view, um, you know, I think a lot of trends continue to favor uh, the CAD versus USD, which would push it towards uh, that BMO target. You know, risk, it seems to be on the reopening trade. You know, I think we're cautiously optimistic about it. You know, and if that happens, oil prices uh, should accelerate, demand should accelerate. So that should favor the CAD. Um, if you look at that level, you know, 125 Canadian for USD, you know, the BMO price target, that's that's basically the long-term average of Dollar Canada. Um, the five-year average is, is, is a little higher, about it's about $1.30 on a five-year average. So that would, you know, USD would have to gain some strength to get back there and would argue to be unhedged. Um so, you know, kind of combining, you know, that tactical overlay with the strategic, um, you know, standpoint on USD, definitely think having some USD exposure uh, makes sense. Um, you know, I'd say on that spectrum between fully hedging your USD or fully unhedging the USD, um, I'd say I'd kind of like 75% unhedged, 25% hedged. So that's where, that's where I stand. I don't think it's a, it's a, you know, I don't think we go all out to go long to USD, but I think just to get back to that five-year average uh, that we're a little more used to, it's going to probably argue for some USD strength. And, and you know, unforeseen things happen in the market this year. I mean, as they certainly did in 2020, um, 
you know, if we get some unforeseen things happening in terms of volatility, then that U.S. dollar, um, you know, exposure will help you. So I like having some of it in the portfolio. At this point, I do want to check if there are questions on the line for our PMs. Yeah, good morning and happy new year, gentlemen. I'm just really curious here, and this question is on fixed income. Uh, so I'm hearing more and more funders and analysts, if you will, make the case for emerging markets uh, debt, uh, especially hedge emerging market debt as a diversifier. I just wanted to know, um, you know, curious to hear what the BMO view is on, on that space. Thank you. Uh, I think that uh, EM debt is an excellent complement to Canadian fixed income. Now, EM debt provides a mix of you know, high yield and investment grade exposure and the yield enhancement that comes along with that. Uh, as well, it, it provides uncorrelated exposure to traditional Canadian fixed income. So, you know, these low correlations are, are able to reduce your overall portfolio volatility. So, reduce volatility from an overall portfolio perspective, uh, which is key for fixed income and, and key during periods where, you know, volatility is expected to be high. You know, you want to make sure that you're insulating yourself from those ups and downs. And, you know, something like uh, an uncorrelated exposure like emerging market debt uh, does help insulate that because of the uncorrelated nature of the asset class. At the same time, it also enhances yield. And, and you know, as, as anyone looking and trying to, to find an answer in, in the fixed income market right now, you know, yield is, is the biggest challenge to find. So to be able to get in a yield enhancement while also reducing that downside risk or reducing that overall portfolio volatility is really a win-win here. Uh, at BMO, we offer ZEF. Uh, which offers a smart beta solution to your emerging market debt needs. It is hedged to CAD, uh, and it provides sovereign exposure with a GDP weighting methodology to better align performance to a country's fiscal strength. So especially during periods where you know, some countries are going to come out of, uh, of the pandemic stronger than others, you know, that's where that GDP weighting methodology should bear, uh, bear benefits and returns. And, and that's something where that smart beta exposure does help you navigate sometimes the challenging environment of emerging market debt. Uh, generally, we recommend about a 5, 5 to 10% allocation uh, to emerging market debt to take advantage of those uh, diversification benefits from a portfolio perspective, but also not crank up the risk of your fixed income too much. In terms of hedged and not hedged, uh, we always look at, for the, especially for fixed income, uh, hedged being a, a prudent way to, to go about it, uh, just in terms of avoiding some of that uh, significant volatility. Uh, you know, we're, we're, you, you are going to see volatility in your equity side of your portfolio, uh, you know, fixed income, especially with yields as low as they are, you know, uh, being unhedged a, a, a uh, depreciation or appreciation of a U.S. dollar relative to some of these local currencies could wipe away those returns very, very quickly. So, you know, we always say that it, it is prudent uh, for a long-term investor to be hedged in emer emerging market debt and, and have that uh, via our ZEF, I think, would be a, a, a long-term allocation that could provide significant benefits in the current market and in, in, into the future. Yes, good morning. A uh, question just as a kind of a recap on Canadian fixed income specifically. In my portfolio, should I just 
maybe increase my weighting into Zag, or as you've highlighted, maybe diversifying into other ETFs like ZCB corporate bonds or ZFL federal long here in 2021. If you could kind of recap that again, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. So I still see Zag as a as a prudent as a prudent investment right now, given given the uncertain economic landscape that that we see ahead. You know, especially given the new lockdown measures you're, you're seeing uh, being implemented across Canada. You know, although we do have a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, you know, there's going to be challenges along the way, and 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 pending if if Canada specifically and then but globally can't control. Uh, the COVID cases that that uh, we haven't been able to over the last several weeks, you know, this that that light end um, end of the tunnel could get pushed out further. So, you know, that's something that that does concern me. But I do think that you know because that that recovery is a little bit uncertain or the timing of it, Zag does it, or aggregate bond exposure does enable you to protect yourself and stay in the game. It, it gives you some upside um, by potentially being in. Uh, all across the curve and in, in, in corporate bonds, but also protects you on the downside by having that government exposure. And as I mentioned earlier, that long government exposure as well. Uh, it does provide, you know, a little bit of everything. So you're not going to hit it out of the park in terms, but you're at least you are still getting that exposure and still providing that protection. Uh, I look at corporates right now and, and I see continuous spread tightening. That does concern me a little bit. I know a lot of it is due to the Bank of Canada being out uh, and, and purchasing um, purchasing bonds. You know, central banks across the world are purchasing corporate bonds at rates we've never seen before. So, you know, that does have a natural impact of, of tightening spreads. And, you know, although we are still a little bit wider than pre-COVID, we are close to uh, some historical tights. Uh, on the corporate side. So I would be a little bit hesitant, especially right now, to go uh, overweight corporate bonds through through ZCB just because of the uncertainty of, of some of the lockdowns that are being implemented and, and how long those really will take. But you know, overall, I, I do see uh, a, I'm, I'm constructive in, in Canadian credit, credit long-term. I think right now just might be uh, a, you'll, you'll be in for a little bit of a rocky road to start 2021. In addition to that, I do think ZPR would be an excellent complement to your aggregate um, fixed income exposure to protect from that that threat of rising rates or potential that rates rise faster than we expect. We've seen the steepening so far in late 2020 and 2021. So if we do get widespread distribution of the vaccine faster than than we expected and the economy opens up and we, we... start to put this pandemic behind us, I do think that ZPR is a great way to um, complement your fixed income exposure, but also by protecting yourself uh, against uh, a sudden rising rates. So uh, that's just a quick overview of how you can complement. A couple of things I'm worried about, but I do think aggregate exposure overall is still prudent uh, given the, the risk that we see in the market. I would like to thank everyone uh, for joining us this morning. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for listening in. Uh, great to be back from the holidays. Hopefully everyone had a good break. Uh, looks like we're diving right into things again. Uh, hopefully 2021 ends up being a lot better than uh, than 2020 served us. So with that, I uh, just want to thank Matt and Chris for your time.
appreciate your responses and your in-depth analysis this morning. And just want to wish everyone a great day. Thank you. Thank you to Chris Heeks, Matt Montemuro, and Mark Rays for joining us on the BMO ETFs podcast. While quality retains its top spot among equity strategies, the U.S. banks, and particularly small caps, ticker ZSML, stand out as strong contenders to ride the reopening wave. Within fixed income, however, the advice is to protect portfolios with long-term bond ETFs, tickers ZFL or ZTL, and preferred shares, ticker ZPR. For more information about the ETFs discussed in this podcast, contact your regional BMO ETF specialist or visit the Canadian ETF dashboard at bmoetfs.ca. That's B-M-O-E-T-F-S.ca. The viewpoints expressed by the portfolio manager represent their assessment of the markets at the time of publication. Those views are subject to change without notice at any time without any kind of notice. The information contained herein is not and should not be construed as investment tax or legal advice to any party. Investment should be evaluated relative to the individual's investment objectives and professional advice should be obtained with respect to any circumstance. Any statements that necessarily depend on future events may be a forward-looking statement. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of performance. Views from the Desk has been brought to you by BMO Global Asset Management.